This is Bookshelf Banter with Heather Baylog, a podcast to help you discover new authors of the rom-com, women's fiction, and chick-lit genres. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Bookshelf Banter. This week, I'm interviewing author Whitney Deneen. Can I ask why my kids have to automatically start stomping up and down the steps the second I go to record? Like, I can tell them I'm recording. Could you people please be quiet for literally two minutes? And all of a sudden, it's like elephants have been let out of a bag upstairs, and they're, like, scrambling for the exits. Anyway, I'm, I apologize. Whitney Deneen is a rock star in her own head. While delusional about her singing abilities, there's been a plethora of validation that she's a fairly decent author. Amazing. After winning many writing awards and selling nearly a kabillion books, math may not be her forte either, she decided to just let the voices in her head say whatever they want. Sorry, Mom. She also won a fourth-place ribbon in a fifth-grade swimming meet in the backstroke, so there's that. Whitney loves to play with her kids, a.k.a. dazzle them with her amazing flossing abilities, bake stuff, eat stuff, and write books for people who get her. She thinks french fries are the perfect food, and Mrs. Roper is her spirit animal. So, I had a great time talking to her, and the freaking cars, the motorcycle, I, you have no idea how many times I've tried to record this episode, so you're getting all the outtakes in this one, I apologize. Anyway, I had a great time talking to Whitney, um... You know, we've been in the same Facebook group for quite some time, maybe five, six, maybe even seven years now. Um, She always has the funniest post. She is always the first person to lend a helping hand to people when they're having trouble, um, you know, offering her assistance, offering her help. She's a hilarious uh, author, and I really hope you enjoy this interview with her, and I really hope you check out her books because they're great. Oh, I just want to mention, um, right at the middle, when we're talking, um, right before Whitney starts telling me about the dinner party she went to, um, I lost her, and then I lost her again uh, afterwards, so it sounds a little choppy. I think I did the best I could with my rudimentary editing skills. It also sounds like we're kind of, like, blowing each other off, but I, like, cut parts of it off so it sounds like you know I'm thanking her for for being so open and honest and then all of a sudden she's like yes uh yeah thanks so we go to the dinner party but there's a whole actual middle part in there so um I just wanted to let you know it does sound a little choppy there but you know I don't have a studio and I don't have an editor so I have to do the best um, I can because we kept dropping the call, um, you know, due to all the children in her house and my house on devices and wildfires and all that stuff. So anyway, here's Whitney. Hi, Whitney. Hi, Heather. How are you? Very good. I'm glad to talk to you today. How are you guys doing out there? You know, we're finally getting some breathable air today, so we're pretty darn excited about that. Oh my gosh, what it, what is it? The air quality like a thousand now, or whatever that? No, it's been in the five hundreds for the better part of a week, so that's hazardous. Oh. Yeah. So that's like smoking, you know, thirty to forty cigarettes a day, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Oh, these poor kids! My God. 
I know. I keep thinking of my poor baby chicks that are outside and my girls are like, can we please bring them into the bathtub? I'm like, no, I do not want 20 growing baby chicks in the bathtub. I just don't. <laughs> that so. actually that actually sounds like it's a, a child's dream, though, however. <laughs> oh, God, right? We've got the cats. We've got the dog. We're all inside going crazy, desperate for fresh air. Just oh. what we need. 20 chickens. <laughs> Exactly. What do you, what do you have to do? You have to have all the windows closed and like the air on or we do. We have all oh. the windows closed and we have towels under the doors that lead to the outside. We have HEPA filters running and we have the air conditioning on so we're walking around here freezing cold so we can keep filtering the air. But today, today we're going out. Oh, <laughs> so that's good. Do, are they in back in school or Yeah, or they, they started on Monday. Oh, great. Virtually. Well, they started virtually on Monday. They're going to be, we have the choice of sending our kids back in October or, you know, waiting and seeing. So we just opted out of the first full semester to keep them at home. And then we'll make a judgment as to what the world looks like, you know. <laughs> I know, when, right? Like when it stops, I, when it stops literally burning. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, our, our COVID numbers are going down, which is, awesome but it's because everybody is sealed up in their own homes <laughs> See, I don't know I don't know what it really is <laughs> oh my gosh it's just it's just been very um you know just one thing after another you know you're not we had an earthquake here a couple of weeks ago we were like oh, whatever we never have earthquakes on the east coast ever <laughs> and it was right? like you're in you're in New Jersey are you in yeah. New Jersey yeah yeah Yes, we're in New Jersey. We have like, a, it was like a 3.7, which is nothing, but it's still like, you know. It's still unnerving because that's not something that you're prepared for. Yeah, you can do hurricanes. Yeah, you can do tornadoes, earthquakes. Yes. What the heck is that? <laughs> we we actually had like um a hurricane come through here. It ended up being a tropical storm and everybody was just like, ah, it's a tropical storm. Who cares? You know, it was just insane. I don't even remember what the name of it was. It was, it was only a month ago. I, I feel like 2020 has been seven years long so far. And I just, I just want to be done with it. It's the book of revelations. That's all I can tell you. We're waiting for locusts and horsemen in the sky. And I'm pretty yes. sure the aliens will be here in 2021. So I'm not, I'm sure they're here now and they're just biding their time to wait till we're so beaten down that I'm envisioning, I'm envisioning them as giant praying mantises, like rubbing their little praying mantis little flippers together, whatever the heck those are. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were like, yeah, praying mantises are really, really strong. They can actually kill a lizard. And like a podcast person was like showing a video to his guest about a praying mantis killing a lizard. I'm like, yep, that's it. That's the aliens. They're going to come down. They're going to be giant praying mantises and they're going to bite all of our heads off. <laughs> it's just going to be we're awful. All ready. I mean, honestly, I think at this point we're all like, you know, if that's how we're going to go, that's how we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> like I tap out. <laughs> it's, oh, geez. Um, but um, you have had a, uh, a pretty good month though. Didn't you just release a book? I did. I released a book three days ago. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's, so I finally write about Oregon, which I've wanted to do since we moved here 10 years ago mm -hmm. because it's beautiful and I love it. And it's wonderful. So I fi finally write a book about Oregon and it releases right in the middle of our state burning down. 
well, you know, typical. Right. So, so it does take, it takes place in Oregon. It does. It's about a girl from the East Coast whose parents went to Oregon State University. And when they went there, they they fell in love with camping. They just love to go camping. So every year they went back to visit their best friends and they all went on family camping trips. And Addison, the the heroine of this book, um, hates camping, hates it with a burning passion. And it didn't help that the two sons of the other couple uh, tormented her and played games, tricks on her and pranked her and just made the experience awful. So the parents get together, the moms get together and decide they want to get their two adult children to pair them up. They're in their thirties and you know, it's time. So they trick her into going back to Oregon and that's what happens. So, I mean, it's, it's funny and fun unless you're like right in the area that just burned down. (laughs) And then it's just sad. Oh God. You know, and I just recently, like within the last month learned how to say Oregon because we say Oregon out here. Right. I grew up in Chicago and that was kind of like Oregon was just, I don't know, it could have been another planet for all the more I ever thought I'd live there. So I'd never, you know, I never even thought the name, yet alone said it. And here we are 10 years here and just loving it. So I I heard it's very nice. It's one of the states I have not been out to. Um, We have family in California, but I we haven't made it as far up or um, Washington State. We also have family in Washington state too. So you would think I would have gone there, but no, (laughs) it's it's very, very hard to get out on the West coast. I'm not a big fan of flying. So I've become less of a fan of flying in my older years. So I totally get that. Like most of our family is on the East coast and you know, you just do what you can do. (laughs) And you grew up in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago, went to college there, moved to New York City after that. And then my husband, I met my husband in New York City. And then we moved um, to Los Angeles. We were there for 18 years before coming to Oregon. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Oregon is much prettier than Los Angeles, (laughs) even when when it's burning. (laughs) I, we had, we had a great time in LA. We loved being there, but having said that, we never wanted to raise children there. We never thought of it as our long-term, you know, anything. So we were ready to get out. My daughter, my oldest daughter was a newborn. The San Gabriel fires came within a half a block of our house. My husband's dad died. And we looked at each other and said, you know what, let's go. (laughs) Let's leave. We're done. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, well, well, you, so you've lived in New York and you've in LA. And I feel like a lot of people are like one or the other, you know, which was a better fit for you. So my, my husband was an actor. So for, for us, so many of our friends lived in both, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they were bi-coastal. They did, you know, you know, they did seasons here and there. So they did half and half. So for, for us, you know, it's so hard to say, I mean, I loved living in New York City, but I was not a great city girl. You, you know, I'm not mean? a New Yorker. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved being there and I loved the energy and I loved doing things. But I don't think ultimately I thrived on all of the hustle and bustle. So when we moved out to L.A., we were in Pasadena and uh, it was just 
you know, you could hike a mountain, you could go to the beach, you could, you know, it was just a little more my pace. Now, having said that, I think Oregon is more my pace than both of those combined. So. Yeah. And I think eventually as you, as we get older, we kind of definitely want more of a laid back kind of life rather than, you know, the rushing around and the city. I get that. We go to the city fairly often before COVID and, um, you know, my daughter and I, we we like to go see Broadway shows and, and stuff like that. My husband absolutely hates the city so we'll go and it's it's just so you know it's just fun when you know where to go and you know what to do but I can see how it can be very overwhelming and get to people very quickly you know yeah well I think for long term that's just it like I would I was a plus size model for 20 years so I would go back to New York City for work right when after we moved to LA and I I really loved going back because I knew exactly what you said. I knew where I wanted to go eat. I knew what I wanted to see. I knew, you know, like I had it all planned out. And every time I went back, I would say, thank God I don't live here. (laughs) Because because it was that, you know, that busyness in between everything that you did that it just, it wasn't, it wasn't for me long-term. That's all. But I love the city. And everybody's in a rush to get somewhere and they're like just brushing past you. And you have to, when you're in the city, you have to like walk at that pace. Otherwise you're like flagged as a tourist or something like that. So, right. Well, you know, I just, people, I, I always laughed when people would say, you know, people in New York are so rude, aren't they? And my reaction was, are you kidding? Not at all. Like when we lived there, whenever I go back, it's just the nicest you know, maybe you just get what you look for because I just always had the best experiences, the best conversations with cab drivers, the best, Mm. you know what I mean? So I I love that aspect of it. And I love the characters. Oh my God. Rich. Yes. Yes. You could definitely sit there and just find a character for any book you want to write just sitting there for five minutes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, you definitely, you know, you have quite the backlog of uh backlog what am I, I I'm sorry I'm so like my brain is actually hurting so much this week I finally went back to work after like six months I was working from home so I'm sorry my brain is like short-circuiting left and right but you, my friends you, I live on your planet so don't you worry I'm I'm right there with you <laughs> so I'm like what am I doing what day is it um <laughs> It's really if I don't have a planner or post-it notes, forget it. I'm 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 a mess. Um, but you have quite a lot of books that you've written in different um different genres. I even know I mean I've read quite a few of them, but I had no idea that you were writing uh sci-fi. Did I see a sci-fi book in there? Did I lose Whitney? There, are you there? Oh, I thought I lost. I thought I lost you for a second. I I lost you. I don't know what happened. Are we back? Can, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Perfect. <laughs> it didn't say. It said you were connected. That was weird. Did you Did listening. you hear what Did you hear what I said? I did not hear what you said. Oh, I said you have quite a lot of books. Um, you know, I've read quite a few of them. I did not know that you were writing sci-fi. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Is that one of the ones that you read? 
the thriller? I I did not read that one. I you know I read She Sins at Midnight, The Reinvention of Mimi Finnegan. Um, I think I read Wilhelmina, the Wilhelmina children's one, right? Right, the middle yeah. middle readers. You know, so I guess it's just a question, right? If it's science fiction or if it's perhaps quite possibly happening, I don't know. <laughs> so. I, I think for me, it was more of the conspiracy angle that I loved about See No More. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I'm okay. one of those people who kind of firmly believes that, you know, we are being shown about 2% of what's really happening in the world and the rest is being deemed mm-hmm. none of our business. So <laughs> that's where that book came from. <laughs> I will definitely need to check that out now because I'm not, I'm not like big on conspiracy theories, though my 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 side of the family is like did you hear this this is a conspiracy i'm like well let's just chill out i do believe that some conspiracy theories or some stuff is like you said deemed none of our business and the wool is being pulled over our eyes but some people are like nuts about it so right no no no. i agree and i think from my writer's standpoint from my my author brain i just think you know conspiracies are more interesting so <laughs> you know absolutely I just keep my eyes out keep my ears open on that yeah, well, and it makes a, for better fiction so there right. you go as a writer you sit there and people don't understand this that aren't writers you sit in like the doctor's waiting room and you come up with all these sort of things that could happen or is going on back there or you know why it's taking so long it, it just doesn't occur to you that maybe the doctor is taking more time with the patient <laughs> Because you know, there's some sort of conspiracy theory going on there. Just it just keeps your brain very active, and like I think this is where we come up with so many ideas. Um, Well, we're not normal people. I mean, we. I don't don't think so. We're not. We're just you know we're we're open to other things, and that makes life more interesting. And you know, it makes conspiracies more exciting and possible in our brains. Well, I know a lot of people will be like, well, where do you get your ideas? I'm like, where don't I get them? You got to see the notebook I got of like 50 I'm taking things. notes right now. You wouldn't exactly. believe what I'm saying about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If somebody wrote a book about me, I would love it. It would be great. <laughs> it would be my memoir. Speaking of mem- if memoirs, if you had a memoir, what would it be called? Well, I've already written one and it's called Motherhood, Martyrdom, and Costco Runs. That was a memoir. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if that was a memoir. That I love the title of that. That is just, that was my life wrapped up in a nutshell of becoming an old mom. I was 40 when I gave birth to my oldest daughter and 42 with my second. So, wow. you know, postpartum depression was huge. Um, it was just such a, it was such a crazy journey. At the same time, it was a really funny journey because you know, I was such a fish out of water. Are you there? Oh, yeah, I am. I'm oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought I lost you again. <laughs> no. um, so I I actually started writing a second one that, you know, for us, it's a matter of timing, right? What do we have time to write? And so mm-hmm. my romantic comedies pay the bills, so they get first priority. Right. But my second memoir is called Standing in a Crop Circle, and it's just about how weird <laughs> life is. I love it. I love because it sometimes you just feel like you're just like, okay, especially after this year, right? Yes. I think we probably all write a memoir this year of standing in a crop circle. Just, <laughs> right. Okay. The aliens are coming for me. That's great. Take me away. Super. Oh, Let's hope it's better there. 
So what did you like? What did you discover from becoming an older mom? I hate. I hesitate to say that, but forty plus is you know. It's older for sure. Yeah. They called it a geriatric pregnancy. Which I I know my sister I, was thirty five when she had my nephew, and she literally turned thirty five the month before. And I was like, "Wow, you're a geriatric pregnancy now!" And she was so mad at me. I know. Well, they would say that in the doctor's office, and I'm yes. like, "Oh my god!" You know, I am a hormonally challenged older woman, and I would be <laughs> careful saying those things to me, or I could go nuts. Um, I think that you know we lost three babies before my first daughter three pregnancies, but two were in the second trimester. So I think for, and then we lost one in between. So honestly, I just took my takeaway from older parenting is just to enjoy them. Yeah. Just enjoy them. And when you're going crazy, you're going crazy, but you're not alone. And you know, this too shall pass, but we're just so grateful that we have them, that it was quite a journey getting there. Do you talk about that? (laughs) Do you talk about that in the book? I do. I talk about postpartum depression and I talk about old parenting and I I went through a year of postpartum depression after both daughters and it was, Oh, it was horrible. Oh my God. Really bad stuff. So, you know, and even that, you know, I look back at that and I, I look back at it with gratitude because, you know, it has allowed me to be a more empathetic person in a way that I, could not have been before. So, you know, at this point in life, I am so very, I just don't have judgment for people. I feel like if you got up and got out of bed and put your pants on, oh my God, what a great win. (laughs) And even, you know, no pants is good. No pants. Honestly, (laughs) sure. Absolutely. That pants have become optional. Absolutely. (laughs) You got out of bed. Good job. (laughs) You get a sticker to put on your shirt because you don't have pants on. Um, right. No, I, I love your honesty because I, I think like infertility and postpartum depression and miscarriages and child, like this is stuff we don't talk about. Um, when when I went through, uh, before my son, I had a miscarriage in the, the very beginning of the second trimester, like 13, 14 weeks. And it was devastating. And but nobody wanted to talk about it. And they were like, No, 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 you'll, it'll be fine. And, you know, and then or they'll say talk. things like, Oh, you'll have another, it'll be okay. Exactly. Everything's fine. Don't worry. You know? and, and meanwhile, your hormones are going crazy wild. Exactly. And, um, and you've lost you know, a baby. Exactly. But nobody wants to see it that way. And my, my experience was like, actually terrible. They wouldn't like, do a DNC for like three weeks. It was awful. But, you know, I ended up having him. And then in between him and my daughter, I had another um, very late first first trimester miscarriage and two ectopics. So I lost both of my fallopian tubes. Nobody Ugh. ever wants to talk about that. You know, they're like, oh, well, you, you eventually had her, right? You know, through IVF and all that stuff. And it's just like, yeah, but you know what? But the journey, man, my God, <laughs> the journey doesn't go away just because the end result was great. <laughs> you know, like I remember just lying on my bedroom floor, just sobbing after the second miscarriage, because it was just like, we had already had one act topic. I was like, this is my last shot. And it really was. And like, there was nobody, nobody to talk to about it because, you know, my friends didn't want to hear it because they were all either not having children yet and and I just like I love that you have you know 
being honest about that and, and written about that. And that's just, you know, very, very inspiring. Well, thank you. Okay. So we had gone to a dinner party and the host and hostess had a couple kids in grade school and they started talking about how sometimes they think about having another baby, but they just don't want to be bothered with a baby and doing the diapers and on and on. And I was sitting there like, oh my God, I would love nothing more than to be bothered with a baby. And no, none of our friends at that party even so much as said, I'm sorry about your miscarriage. Oh, so no, no, they never do. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. So I'm, and, and it's my agent at the time, his wife, who I just knew, I just knew sporadically from parties and whatnot. I didn't, we weren't, you know, close personal friends. She sent me the most beautiful email that she knew exactly what I was going through. And she was so sorry. And to just realize that people were assholes and <laughs> and she said you know they're they're not gonna the people that you think are gonna be there for you won't be but other people will be and she said I want you to know I, I'm always available to talk and I was like that is lovely so I decided to be that person you know I'll be the person you can talk to if you're going through something horrible because yeah. I'll talk about it oh uh, okay all right my kids have their friends they're on their their school break and their friends all decide to message in and talk oh. to each other. And I'm, I'm that mom who won't give my nine and 11 year old their own phone because, oh my God, are you kidding? I don't blame you. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. My kids got phones when they went to middle school, but my son did. And then when my daughter went to middle school, I was the nurse at her middle school. So I'm like, you don't need a phone. I'm with you 24 seven. So she was like, yeah. and she finally got one later in that year, but she was not happy with me. Well, my 11 year old started middle school this year and, you know, maybe she gets a phone when she's actually physically back in school, but as long as she's yes. in school in her bedroom, I think we're good. Yes. <laughs> she's not going to go missing. In no, <laughs> no, she, she can yell if there's an emergency and she needs me. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, a lot of people say that they, have a book in them what made you actually like take the first step with the first book that you wrote so I um I told you I was a plus-size model for 20 years and then I was also I created a cooking show with my husband it was sort of like I love Lucy meets Monty Python meets the Food Network Get so out. I, <laughs> you know right so I had another agent for that and they sent us they set us up with a production company from Britain, I guess, because they figured it was that kind of wacky humor. Oh and we wound up pitching to the Food Network. So the Food Network flew out to New York, did the whole pitch. They loved the idea and they were right before they were making some big transitions. And they offered us more than they've offered anybody else per episode to do a show. And my production company was like, yeah, we need another 20,000 an episode. Oh. Okay, back then they were producing... Rachel Ray, I think for 15,000 an episode. So oh my the, food, God. the food network was like, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So oh I was God. so pissed. I was so frustrated by all of this, you know, back and forth and getting there and having the whole deal fall apart that I decided I was mad at my agent. And so I wanted to write a scathing book about a Hollywood agent. So anyway, she sends at midnight has a, you know, has a loser agent in it, but you know, Lila Montgomery's story took over and superseded that factor pretty quickly. So, you know, oh I wasn't, 
Yeah. Oh, well, I did not know that. That is amazing. Oh my God. Did, did you ever think of like maybe like doing your own like YouTube show with it? Because you, you like to bake and, and cook and all that, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, while I was modeling, my husband did a film with this producer and she, I would send stuff to the set. And so she wanted to send a basket to friends of hers as a thank you for hosting her for a couple of weeks in the Hamptons. So she asked me to do that. Um, anyway, it turns out the basket went to Steven Spielberg's house. Oh my God. And they called the next day and they were like, we want to hire you to do all our baskets. And it wasn't even my job. So I sort of had that side job <laughs> during the time because, you know, you don't say no. No, you don't say no to Steven Spielberg. My God. (laughs) So I, anyway, I love, yes, I love to bake. And I think that at that point in the game, I was just, you know, I was done. We were wanting to start a family. The cooking show wasn't going to happen. So it was gone. I didn't, you know, I was wearing down on modeling. I was approaching 40 and like, oh God, I don't want to do this. I don't want my, how I look to be important forever you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so to me, it was just like that perfect segue out of that Hollywood sort of lifestyle. Wow. That's, that's great. Like, but you still have that, you still can be creative and, and, you know, use your imagination probably even more so. You can still live in the middle of nowhere in Oregon and be creative. Imagine that. That's and awesome. now I have chickens, so my life is so much better now. I I I find it amazing. You went from like you know modeling and how, that kind of Hollywood life to raising chickens. It's amazing. It's, I love it. And the quality, let me tell you, the quality is so much better. I I just can't I can't say it enough. Most of our friends from LA have vacated. There are a couple who are still there, but most of them have left. And I don't know it had its time and it had its place, but this is, this is way cooler. I can go out to the garden and pick dinner and say hi to my chickens, grab some eggs, <laughs> make some pancakes. <laughs> oh, good. That is great. And you, you can kind of live on your own time, you know, you, you set your own, like your own time schedule as far as like your releases and all that stuff. Well, and and you know what? You can live everybody's life. That's the great part about being an author. If there's any part of any of your past that you miss, just write a book about it. You'll get over it. (laughs) You'll get over it. (laughs) So I would ask, what do you wish people knew about you? But uh, you've come and clean about everything (laughs) that we we didn't know about you. Right? Yeah, I, you know, I think if there's one thing you need to know about me, it's just that I'm not out there judging you. Just live your life. And I would say you want to do something, go for it. You know, make your own, make your own happiness. You do you. You do you, right? It's so funny. I sometimes, you know, do you ever go on to Goodreads and read your reviews? I have stopped doing that because. Oh, for sanity. It made me cry. I actually actually stopped reading all my reviews. I was like reading every review and I was getting like, you know, I I had a review. I think what put me over the edge was something. One of my, um, my Amy Maxwell books, they had written though. This is not like, you know, any two-year-old I know. Oh, no, no. 
it wasn't the two-year-old it was the teenager a teenager would never talk to her mother like that and blah 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 I'm like do you know what teenagers are like do you live with a teenager and I was like my husband's like just calm down and just don't worry about this. I'm like, but does this person? And I almost wrote back. I live with two teenagers. I know what two te- what teenagers are like. And and I think from that point on, I just said, I'm not reading anymore. It, it just it, it puts you over the edge. It's harsh, right? And so yeah. I uh, I went on today. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why because I have a new release, right? So yeah, I have a new release. So I I express interest in I read all my Amazon reviews those don't bug me but oh my god the people on Goodreads they are vicious and then I went over to the reviews for the event and the event has done so 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 well um but this, this horrible bitter woman <laughs> oh she god. just regurgitated I mean she just threw up on her review she could not be more pissed and everything was like she was, and it's the most unoffensive book, right? I mean, I don't know if you've read it, but it's pretty darn unoffensive. And oh everything God. bugged her from the fact that there was no blatant sex in the book to the fact that there was no swearing oh in the book. And I'm like, okay, oh I'm, I'm pretty upfront. Like, you know, you know, when you pick up one of my books, there's going to be no blatant sex and there's not going to be a whole lot of swearing, even though that I may use it much in my personal life. I don't write it. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I just thought, oh, this poor lady has to be the most miserable person on the planet. I feel bad for her. That offended her that there wasn't? That, that just blows my mind. I know. Why I, would that? It just, you know. Because I, romantic comedy these days is pretty, can be pretty, you know, can be meaning erotica. Like you go to the romantic comedy section on Amazon and it's full of shirtless men with their jeans practically yes. pulled down and. And that's why I go with the comic book covers because, you know, that's not what you're yes. going to get when you read me yeah. and, you know, oh, no judgment. Yeah. If that's what you want right on, it's, there's plenty of it out there, but don't go coming over here. I want you to laugh. You know, I want to be a nice little whimsical escape. A comical escape. Not like, I actually think I had one book where they're like, there's too much sex in this book. And then the next person said, there's not enough sex in this book. I was like, <laughs> So you're not going to please anyone because well, you can't please like, everybody. And I think that's what you have to know that, you know, if you can please the majority of people right on, but you are not going to please everybody. And there's nothing you can do about that. And I, you know what? And I tend not to like in the authors, even if I don't like the book, I will not leave a scathing review. I mean, I just, I only review things for my own, like, Oh, did I read this already kind of thing? So I can keep track of it. But right. not indie authors. Now, what does drive me crazy is that I'm reading a book by like Jodie Colt or, you know, somebody like that who has an editor and a team of people and I find errors in there. I will tear that apart. Right. <laughs> right. Like, because there's a it's different, you know, when you're when you have a big team. But when you're the author who writes the book and has to hire the book cover and has to hire the editor and has to hire the proofreaders and. Yeah. You know, there's at some point something's going to slide by and you right. have to say, well, I'm super sorry about those three words. But the other 79,997 <laughs> words were pretty good, right? <laughs> Did you like those? Could you skip over those? Know, right. I'm sorry that that ruined the whole book for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, 
not a review. Name a book that made you cry. But, you know, I stopped reading books that made me cry so long ago. I'm sorry to be that person, but I felt like there was enough in my life that was making me cry. My God, yeah. Who who told, who was saying that to me? Oh, I can't remember who I interviewed. And they said, oh, it was Monique McDonald. And she was like, I just decided that I didn't want to read anything depressing anymore. So I'm just going to write happy things. And I'm like, that is, that is wonderful. I love it. I think we reach a certain age too, where you like live enough real life that you know that bad things won't always happen to the other guy. And, you know, I, I feel like a little emotionally fragile at times enter 2020. Yeah. I don't know that I can ever read a book that makes me cry again. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I need a good cry, though. Like, sometimes I have that whole stilted emotional, you know, like, I don't think I've cried in quite a long time. And I think I, like, need a good cry. You know that feeling where you're just like... Oh, yesterday, my Facebook post was, do you remember that uh, Holly Hunter movie broadcast news and how she used to make herself cry? And I, my post was, I need a big, fat Holly Hunter cry right now. There you <laughs> so, go. yes, I do know that. So you got to like break out like Titanic or the notebook or something and just like, oh, okay, I got my cleansing cry. Okay. I read, I read the notebook and that made me cry. There you that go. Made me cry. But sometimes the crying isn't a bad cry. Sometimes it's like a happy cry, you know, cause like things are working out well for somebody. Like, I think, I think it was with Monique that we were talking about wonder that, that oh book. my god okay wonder made me cry okay clearly monique is a better <laughs> interviewer interviewee than i am <laughs> oh no she's just lovely she is very lovely she is lovely i love I her totally lovely agree. voice <laughs> but <laughs> you know it's i just like that you don't have to have that sad wonder was a good cry that was a good 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 cry i love that and we we took the kids um in in my school to see it in the movie theater and I'm like crap I'm gonna have to leave at the end because I don't want these kids to see me cry I'm gonna be doing the big ugly cry sobbing yeah with my and and I am like the ugliest crier like I was crying <laughs> I cried at my wedding and every picture is me with a big red honking nose and I'm like oh this is awful you and I look back at the pictures I'm like could you have just held it together for just maybe one day yeah I'm not a delicate crier either my nose doubles in size and I definitely look like I'm melting it's not good <laughs> melting oh I love that oh maybe maybe you we need to just maybe I need to change that question to what book made you laugh and it'll just be you know I've had so many books that I've read recently especially like by people that are in our in our Facebook group that just like they make me laugh so hard that I have to run to the bathroom. Was it your? I think it was your book. I think it was <laughs> the reinvention of Mimi Finnegan. I think I'm gonna go on Goodreads and I'm gonna double check it. I think it was your book that I said I cried so hard that I had to read it on the toilet. <laughs> I I'm not cried. I laughed so hard that I had to read it on the toilet because I was just there was tears streaming down everywhere. Oh my I, god! I do believe it was yours. I'll have to look that up, and I'll. And I'll wow! Well, I super appreciate that. That's a review I'd put on my book, on my book cover. <laughs> I had to read it on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> because oh it was god. so funny. Yeah, and you—you you are definitely um, very good with comedy. It, it's 
it's a you know I, I want to laugh that's just the bottom line I really super want to laugh so I, it, I appreciate that and it's hard to make it, it I think it's harder to make people laugh than it is to make them cry because you know we all have different kinds of um you know different kinds of tastes but you know I'll be sitting there watching a comedy show with my husband and he's laughing his head off and I'm like that was funny oh okay am I supposed to be laughing? <laughs> oh, all right. it's very subjective right like uh when I read relatively when I wrote relatively normal Oh my gosh, I had so many people say they've just never laughed so hard. And then you would get those reviews that this wasn't funny at all. Yeah. I don't know what people are talking about. It's just not your thing, you know? It's, we're just not meant to be you and I as a reader and an author, but that's all right. Someone's out there for you. <laughs> Someone's out there. She's in a nunnery right now, penning her <laughs> manuscript. But she's out there for you. It, it, right. And and he doesn't get my stuff. Like I'll sit there and I'll tell a joke, and the kid, they'll all like look at me and they'll be like, "Mom, you're not even funny." And I'm like, "Well, everybody, <laughs> well, everybody at work thinks I'm funny. Shut up." Right. I'm gonna take you to Amazon reviews, and then you'll see who's funny. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> oh God, oh, I love it. I needed a laugh today too. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> a laugh and a cry. Maybe if you could make me cry now. I'll be really no. ready for the rest of the week. I don't want, well, well, go stand outside and your eyes will probably start to water. <gasps> right? Except today is the first breathable air in nine. That so it's nice. only moderately bad. So I'm excited. You I'm going to go do jumping jacks. Do you know what the craziest thing, though? We had the effects of it here in New Jersey. That's what we heard. And Northern Europe is getting the effects of it. It was so weird. The sun looked so strange. And <sighs> I was like, that looks... And it was, it, was, it was not hazy. It was just, like, almost cloudy, like, right before sunset. But the sun looked like this bright fireball in the sky. And we were like, I was like, what is happening? Are UFOs landing? Are we having okay, I'm saying that might be next week. Hang on. Uh, it, it was just like, I, I don't know if like, have you ever been in a place before an earthquake and it has that weird quality to it? My, my yeah. aunt used to tell me about it. Like it would be like earthquake, like environment sort of. Or they call it earthquake weather. Cause we, yes, we were some pretty big ones in LA and um, it is. There's just this weirdness that happens, and then boom, the world starts moving crazy. Yeah. So I was like, I was actually out on a walk, and I was like, oh crap, where's the nearest place I can go to be safe from this earthquake? <laughs> but then it turned out it was just from the wildfires, and I was like, that is insane. It's three thousand miles away, and we're still yeah. uh, this 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I love that it's become synonymous with the yeah, swear word. 2020. <laughs> It's just going to be, our, you know, our, well, I had just put on my Facebook before I was talking to you. I went to the dermatologist this morning and she's like, you have masked me. And I'm like, what is that? And she's like, well, that's acne from your mask. And I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I, I <laughs> this is just, you know, we just have to laugh about it, like you said, or we're going to cry. So, right. <laughs> And some days you don't know what you need more. Oh my goodness. Well, I would love to talk to you all day long, but you know, you, you gotta get your kids in school and I gotta, you know, get my kids to do their work and all that stuff. This lovely virtual learning. Time marches on, doesn't it? 
Oh gosh, but um, I I would I love talking to you. I hope that I'll get to see you soon. Hopefully, we'll have um some sort of conference that we can all go to and meet up and right you know, unmasked where we can actually see, each other. see people's faces. Well, I went to the library today and they were and I I'm like, oh, they're not gonna know me with a mask on. And they're like. I said, "Oh, I have a book on my Okay, Heather. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is almost this is almost embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm the only person under 70 in the library and they're like, "Okay." <sighs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Oh, so, oh, well, I I will uh hopefully talk to you soon. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's just been a pleasure yakking with you. You too. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a good one, Heather. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As I said in the interview with uh, Whitney, my brain is just completely melting out of my head. And, um, you know, I can't keep anything straight this week going back to work. And, like, I don't even know what time it is half the time. And it's just, it's just been... A little stressful. So I completely forgot to A, ask her how to pronounce her last name. So I um, I asked her on Facebook and I really hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. I also was a little paranoid. So I went on to like pronounce names, last names site to see how to pronounce her last name. And it told me Deneen was how to pronounce it. Um, but it also told me I'm pronouncing my last name wrong. So I'm not quite sure how much I trust that. So if I'm saying it wrong, I really apologize, Whitney. Um, secondly, I forgot to ask her where to find her. Um, her books are on Amazon. She's on Facebook, BookBub. I've linked those in the show notes. So please, please check those out. Um, she's amazing. Definitely check out her books. And I did find my review for the reinvention of, um, Mimi Finnegan. And here it is. While I do not actually recommend reading it on the toilet, my implication is there. At several points of this novel, I found myself oh so delicately shooting water out of my nose. At my daughter's gymnastic class, a woman asked me to please move because my random fits of laughter were scaring her infant. Mimi Finnegan is a major piece of work who kept me giggling the entire time I was reading. What's the plot, you ask? Characters? Oh no, I'm not going to ruin it for you at all. Go out and get this hilarious novel for yourself and make sure you've emptied your bladder before starting, before you start reading it. There you go. So, didn't say that it should be read on the toilet, but it is implied that um, that would probably be best or going out and getting some depends before you start reading it. So anyway, check that out. Check out her new book. Um... My brain is my brain is farting already, and I I know it, love is a battlefield. That's it, and because uh, that just came out on September fifteenth, I believe. So definitely check that out. It sounds great. I'm going to go get it right now, as along with her sci-fi thriller because I love thrillers and I really need to read that. So anyway, have a great day. Until next time. Oh, and one more thing. If you enjoyed this episode, and any other episodes of Bookshelf Banter for that matter, make sure you rate and review them. And make sure you tell your friends, too. Word of mouth is the quickest way for people to discover this podcast 
and subsequently to discover new authors that I think they're really, really going to love. All right. Talk to you next time.